Good morning. Happy Mother's Day to you mothers and grandmothers, great-grandmothers, surrogate mothers, those who act in a mothering way towards children that are not your own. We are so thankful for you. We appreciate you. And we ask that God would have his hand of blessing and grace upon you. Let's uh, turn to the Lord in prayer. And then we'll look at Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. Let's ask God to guide us. Father God, we are grateful for those women in our lives. Some are wives and mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers. Some have had mothering roles in our lives, even though we're not related by blood. Father, we ask that you would bless the women who have nurtured us. We ask, Father, that you would comfort those women who have desired to be mothers and have not been afforded that opportunity. May they have the opportunity to have a mothering role in the life of someone else. Comfort those mothers who have lost children, either through death or a child for rebellious reasons, no longer connects with them. Father, comfort their heart. Lord, as we look at Deuteronomy 5.16, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would encourage us, challenge us, that we would be impacted by truth. It's in the name of Christ we pray, amen. Back in 2015, the Des Moines Register asked its readers, if you have a special mom, would you write a short little note to us telling us why your mom is so special. They had 15 published submissions. One was by a man who was a Vietnamese American. His name was Alex de Jong, and he talked about his mother, Kewen. He tells this account. Alex and his brother were born in Vietnam. They were born in a time period when it was somewhat dangerous to be around where they lived. They were born into poverty without much chance of upward advancement, without much chance of education. And so Alex's parents, DeYoung and his father, they decided that although it would be difficult, they would migrate to the United States. They would leave the home that they had, the relatives and family and friends, and they would come to a strange land where their two sons might be given opportunity. For DeYoung, it meant that she would leave her parents. She would leave her siblings. She would leave her aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews. They lived in a village that didn't have internet. She knew that she would not be connecting with them on Facebook. They had never heard of Zoom meetings. She would not be talking in Google one to another. There would be no FaceTime. She also knew they didn't have the finances to regularly go back to Vietnam. She would be leaving this dear family that she loved. But she and her husband decided for the betterment of their children, they would leave and they would come to this land. 
For her, when a letter would come from Vietnam, it was like Christmas morning. Oh, she cherished those connections with family, most of whom she would not see for years on end. Somewhere along the course of the path, her husband died. Not really sure what happened, but he passed away. And Chuang decided that she would do everything she could to get her two boys into college, through college. They would actually graduate, the first two from their family, from Drake University. She would get up early in the morning. She would scrub toilets and clean kitchens and vacuum living rooms. She would save money so that she could provide for her sons to go to college. When her two sons would go to college, they were very studious. They would go to the library, often staying even till 12 or one in the morning. Joan would never go to bed. Not until she had both boys call her. Telling her they were safely in the dorm. Then she would fall asleep. Only to arise early the next morning. To again clean bathrooms. Clean kitchens. Vacuum rugs. In order to provide for her sons. Her son Alex who wrote to the Des Moines Register. He said, my mom is the greatest mom in the world. Now, a lot of us would quibble, right? That would be our wife. That would be our mom. That would be our grandma. But for him, he said, my mom is my hero. I'm starting to make an impact in the Des Moines area. It's because of my mom. Everything I am today is because of my mom. There were 14 other submissions like that. I suspect for some of you, you could have written something like that about your mom, your grandma, your great-grandma, a woman who maybe not even related to you has built into your life a surrogate mom. Today is Mother's Day, and we ask God to bring blessing and grace and joy into the lives of you women who have built into us, nurtured us, shaped us. We are so thankful for what you have done in our lives. As I thought about Mother's Day and prayed about what God would have me talk about, I decided to go to the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. In fact, I'm thinking maybe in the fall I might preach through the Ten Commandments. But this is the fifth commandment. It's so familiar. It's Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. Honor, Kabod. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Notice the command. Honor your father and your mother. By way of introduction, let's just think about the Ten Commandments for a moment. Obviously, there are ten of them given. I believe all ten are restated in various ways in the New Testament. They're given twice in the Old Testament in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. The first four commandments are all vertical. This is our relationship with the Lord, which is to be preeminent. Our vertical relationship with God is to dominate our lives. 
The final six commandments are horizontal. There are relationships with one another. Our vertical relationship with the Lord, our horizontal relationship one with another. Is it any wonder that Jesus, in Matthew 22, 37 to 40, he made this statement. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened unto the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Jesus was summarizing the Ten Commandments. Loving God, the first 44 vertical laws. Loving man, the six horizontal laws. And the first of the six, which means it's the most preeminent of the six, is to honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and mother. It's the first of the horizontal, or excuse me, yeah, the horizontal commands that God gives to us. It is God's divine priority in our relationships one with another that we show deference, that we show honor, that we show respect towards our parents. Now this word honor is a special word. It's the Hebrew word kabod. Remarkably, it blows your mind. This is the word used in scripture to talk about glorifying God. I hope that this rocks you. It should shock you. The word used to glorify God is also the word used as you and I show deference, honor, respect, awe, reverence towards our father and our mother. The same word is used. It's incredible. Now we neither want to overestimate this or underestimate this truth. We could overestimate this truth if we wrongly believed that the worship and respect and awe and reverence that we show to God equals the reverence and respect, never worship, of mom and dad. That would be overstating the case. Certainly God alone is worthy of worship. Certainly God alone is worthy of our honor and our reverence, our awe and our respect at a level so beyond anything on the horizontal. Certainly. But I don't want to underestimate the fact that the same word is used. Which clues me into the fact of how important it is to honor the next generation. To honor our parents. To show reverence and respect for our parents. Now certainly this word honor probably changes during one's years. If you're an at-home child... Honoring means that you obey what mom and dad say the first time they ask. You don't roll your eyes. You don't stomp your feet. You don't argue back. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And we follow what mom says. Honor in one's teen years certainly is all that I just said. But it's more than that. It's speaking rightly about mom and dad even when they're not there. It doesn't ignore the fact that mom and dad have some frailties, some weaknesses, but it doesn't 
speak about those things. It doesn't share on those things. It doesn't embarrass mom and dad. I get it. I get it. Your parents, they're not as lit as I am. They have half the drip I have, right? We get that. No cap. Absolutely. But we still show honor to our mother, our father, because God has given them to us and he promises that we will have an extended life and that it will go well for us in the land that he gives us if we show honor to them. I love the way Leviticus 19 verse 3 puts it. Listen to this. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and you shall keep my Sabbaths I am the Lord your God. That word revere is similar to the word honor. And I want us to notice that in this text, mom is listed first and then dad. What a beautiful Mother's Day text. May we live it out. May we even memorize this text and show reverence. Revere our mother. Revere our father. Well, back to the main text again. Let me read one more time. From Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. Honor, kabod, your father and your mother, as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, or that you may have extended days, and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. I think the better translation is not a longer life, but an extended life. Certainly not a long life but one that God extends as we show honor to the Lord. Now, admittedly, this is confusing. This is mind-boggling. Because four times in Scripture, we are told that before the foundation of the world, before we were born, before we were conceived, God ordained our days. Let me read Psalm 139, verse 16. Your God... Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Now I don't know how how all this works. This is way beyond my pay grade. These are the things I do know. God is sovereign. God is omniscient. He knows all things. He's known all things from eternity past all the way to eternity future. Nothing surprises God. I know that he ordained our days. And I know he knows from eternity past whether we will honor our parents or not. And he knows from eternity past whether he will extend our life from what he preordained or not based on how we respond to mom and dad. I don't know how all of that works. I know it's all true. And so we have an example of this in Scripture. It's not really of somebody obeying their parents, but it is of God extending one's life. You think of 2 Kings 20, Isaiah 38. We have a king, King Hezekiah. God sends a prophet to him. And God sends to Hezekiah, put your papers in order. Get your will and last testimony. Get it all in order because you're about to go the way of all the earth. You're going to die. Hezekiah turns his face to the wall and he begins to cry out to God 
And he asked God to extend his days, to extend his life. And God sends the prophet back to Hezekiah and says that because you have petitioned me, petitioned me, beseeched me, I am going to extend your life by 15 years. Now God knew that was going to happen from eternity past. God knew how many days he had ordained that he would extend his life. I don't know how all that works. But I do know that God promises to extend our lives if we honor our father and mother. It doesn't mean we'll have a long life. It just means we'll have an extended or longer life. You might have a a child. For whatever reason, I don't know. I don't understand these things. And a child dies. Some of you have experienced that. My heart goes out to you. But maybe because that child was honoring, that child actually had an extended life from what was preordained in the beginning. It could be that some have had a shortened life because they have dishonored father and mother. Again, we don't know how all these things work. They're mysteries in the sovereignty of God. But they do work. They are true. And God says if we show honor, deference, respect, reverence towards our father, and today we would say our mother, then God will extend one's life. In addition, Deuteronomy 5.16 offers a second promise. That it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. In other words, God will bestow blessings on us that we might not have had if we show honor to our mother, our father. I don't know what those blessings are. Maybe a more enriching career. Maybe a marriage that's a little deeper. Maybe some family. I don't know. Maybe good health. Maybe, and you can fill in the blank, that God has blessed you with because you have shown honor. We can't always see what God is doing. When we get to heaven, I think we're going to see our life and say, Oh, praise you, God. That's what you are doing That's how you answered the prayer. Praise you, God. I didn't see it then. But know that God will follow through. Know that God will do what he promises to do. That's the kind of God we serve. And so this text tells us, at any age, honor thy father and thy mother. I want to read a quote. This is from a father who has three sons, purportedly from this particular man. I can't prove he wrote it or said it, but this is what's come down. He writes, youth today love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, nor respect for older people. They talk nonsense when they should work. Young people do no longer stand when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents. They talk too much. They guzzle their food. They lay their legs on the table. They tyrannize their elders. Wow. 
Sounds like that guy's having a bad day, right? Now, I want to tell you right up front, that was not written by the old pastors at Highland. Neither Pastor Dave or Pastor Dan wrote that. But like Pastor Dan, the guy who wrote it purportedly has three sons. Purportedly, this was written by Socrates 2,500 years ago. That's how he viewed youth. Now, I got to tell you, that's not how I view youth. I love to be around young people. They energize me. I love it. But he did not. But I find it very remarkable that this deistic, not born again, Athenian, actually had biblical language when he talked about how children should respect their parents, kabod, honor, reverence, respect, awe, obedience. That's the way that we ought to show deference to our parents, especially today our mothers, as we celebrate Mother's Day. Well, as we think about mothers, I want to share a few myths about mothers, as though I'm at all qualified to do so. But bear with me, I'm going to try. Somebody said that a child is carried in his mother's womb for nine months. That somebody was not a mother because a mother knows that she carries that child in her heart forever. Somebody has said that it takes six weeks to get back to normal after delivery. That somebody wasn't a mother. There is no normal after you have a child. Somebody has said that being a mother is boring. That somebody is not a mother who sits in the passenger seat with her teenager with a learner's permit and hopes and prays that she lives. Somebody has said good mothers never raise their voices. That somebody's not a mother who walked out the back just in time to see her son accidentally kick a soccer ball through the neighbor's pane glass window. Somebody said, you don't need an education to be a mother. That somebody isn't a mother who tried to help a fourth grader with her math. Somebody said that the hardest part of being a mother is labor. I'm not saying it's not hard. No emails. But that somebody is not a mother who knows it's more difficult to watch one's kindergarten go to the first day of school. Or I can say as a father, one of the most difficult things in my life was dropping off each of my kids on the first day of college. It just wrenched my heart. Somebody said, a mother's job is done when the child leaves the nest. That somebody isn't a mother. A mother's job, a mother's prayer, a mother's concern is never done. And then maybe you even have grandchildren and you start all over again. Somebody says that your mother already knows you love her, so you don't need to say it. That somebody isn't a mother and you do need to say it. Let's remember to honor our mothers, our grandmothers, our surrogate mothers. Not only on Mother's Day, 
but throughout the calendar. Well, before we leave the text, let me just offer a few final thoughts. First, honoring for a child is obedience, an at-home child. The Puritans used to say that you echo back. A child is the echo of one's parents. When the parents say do or don't, the child echoes back by doing or not doing. What does honoring look like in one's teen years? Well, it's certainly obedience. It's certainly speaking well of your parents, not slandering them behind their back. But it's also knowing, knowing that your parents have a lot of wisdom to impart into your life. I remember growing up and my parents are very educated. And I remember thinking my dad is very successful, first in the military and then in business. And how could he be so successful and yet really out of touch with everything? I remember thinking that as a teen, not saying it, but thinking, dad is not that sharp. How is he that successful? And then when I got to about age 25, I couldn't believe it. My dad, who was dull, had suddenly become the smartest man I know. I don't know where he got the wisdom. Obviously. It was there all along. Younger people be smarter than me be wiser than me. Learn from mom and dad through all the days that you are afforded them. You might have more education than your parents. I have more education than all four of our parents. But that doesn't mean I'm wiser. Education is knowledge. Wisdom is applying knowledge to life. And applying knowledge to life is life circumstances. It's the school of hard knocks. It's observation. It's living life. And then imparting it to the next generation. Honoring our parents is understanding that they have wisdom because of life experience that we don't have. And we can do better in life, go further in life, avoid potholes in life if we will learn from mom and dad. Third, honoring in the adult years. I think that means calling mom and dad, visiting mom and dad, praying for mom and dad. Spending life, doing life together with mom and dad. It means investing in them and sometimes they can't do things they used to be able to do and we can come alongside and do them with them or for them. It doesn't mean that I have to obey my father and mother, but I ought to listen to their suggestions. And in my case, I listen carefully because they have a lot of wisdom. And more often than not, quite a bit more often than not, their suggestions are valuable in my life. Honoring them is speaking well of them, speaking well to them. But what happens? What happens if you don't have parents who are believers, who are God-honoring? You're out of the house and, and they're giving bad advice. 
ungodly advice. I think you listen with respect. You might share with them with graciousness, not a haughty spirit, God's truth. You listen to them, you honor them by hearing, but there is higher law. And that higher law that a mom and dad is the Lord. So we read in Matthew 10, 37, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And so when higher law comes into the picture, when mom and dad give ungodly advice, ungodly morals or ethics, we listen, we're polite, we might even show them truth from Scripture, but we obey the Lord. That is higher law in our life. But we don't need to be holier than thou and haughty and arrogant. We can live truth, we can share truth, without alienating and destroying a relationship. And if you don't have a a godly father or mother, find a surrogate godly father or mother. Maybe a mop's mom. Maybe a young adult small group leader. Maybe a leader in Generation 180. Maybe a Sunday school teacher, children's church leader, somebody in one-way club who can give you biblical advice, somebody informally who nurtures and disciples and shows you how to live the Christ-centered life. You don't replace your birth mom and dad, but you find a surrogate mom and dad to help you with wisdom. Again, I want to close by thanking the mothers, the grandmothers, the great-grandmothers, the surrogate mothers, those who have built into our lives. May God bless you. May we bless you. May you feel honored as right you should. I think of this passage in Leviticus 19, verse 32. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man or older woman And you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. Now we don't have that many gray-haired women, thanks L'Oreal and Clairol. But we have some women who have been seasoned with life. Wise women of all ages. And we want to thank you. And we want to honor you. Let's pray. Father God, bless these women who have built into our lives as mothers and grandmothers, great-grandmothers, surrogate mothers, mother figures. May they feel special. May they feel revered. And for those who have suffered loss, maybe not having a child that they desired or maybe losing a child that was so precious, either through rebellion or even death, comfort their hearts. And Father, may we honor you as we honor the parents that you have given us. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.